Greetings from Bishop Aubrey Shines and G2G Ministries in Tampa, Florida. We pray that you would be blessed and encouraged by the biblical message you are about to hear. Today's classic sermon from Bishop Shines is part two of the series entitled, At What Stage of Maturity Are You? with reference scripture Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 1 through 11 in the New Living Translation. Ecclesiastes 2, beginning at verse number 1. We're going to read quite a bit. I'll let you know when to stop, and uh, I think this will bless you. I really, really do. And then I'll share with you as you remain standing after we read this. Just remain standing. I'll give you instructions before you take your seat. Come on, let's read with Pastor. I said to myself, come on, let's try pleasure. Let's look for the good things in life. But I found that this too was meaningless. So I said, laughter is silly. What good does it do to seek pleasure? After much thought, I decided to cheer myself with wine. And while still seeking wisdom, I clutched at foolishness. In this way, I tried to experience the only happiness most people find during their brief life in this world. I also tried to find meaning by building huge homes for myself and planting beautiful vineyards. I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my many flourishing groves. I bought slaves, both men and women, and others born into my household. I also owned large herds and flocks, more than any of the kings who had lived in Jerusalem before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold the treasure of many things and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women, and they had many beautiful concubines. I had everything a man could desire. So I became greater than all who had ever lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed me. Good God. Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work a reward for all my labors. But as I look at everything I have worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worth stop right there anywhere. Again, if you were not here, please pick up and make sure you prepare yourselves for this. Boy, this is going to get hot in here. Because... This is going to tell a story. So this is what I want you to write down on your journals. Please write this down. It's called stage two. And then put next to it, child. Stage two, child. Again, I gave you stage one last week, which was infant. This week is stage two, child. I contemplated this for some time as it related to which of the many, many scriptures I could use to better illustrate this point. And the reason that I believe the Lord led me to this here is because Solomon, if you know anything about his history, Solomon, according to Christ, was one of the wisest men on the earth. Uh, with his wisdom, he, there was really no comparison, of course, except for Christ. But Christ himself even referenced uh, Solomon often as it related to various things. 
I wanted to take a moment to show you some of this, and there's a dozen more scriptures that are in chapter two, and I'll try to get to some of them. If not, that'll be our part two on this. But I'm going to give you some definitions. Now, again, remember last week, I gave you the definition, and I don't have time, unfortunately, to go over those definitions from last week about infancy. But this particular passage of scripture, we are going to use, and I don't care how you prepare your notes, you're going to use this particular scripture to define what level of maturity you're really at. Everyone that is of a certain age, we like to believe that because of our age and our experiences, whether they're good, bad, whatever they are, often what we do is we kind of look at ourselves and go, well, I've gone through a lot in life, therefore I'm a mature person. Age does not make you mature. Going through multiple experiences can mature you, but they can also mature you in a bad way. There are some people, if I were to give you this example, you can take two people that have gone through the same heartache in life and you'll get two different experiences from those individuals. One individual may have kind of mastered it and became better for it. Some, instead of becoming better, become bitter. And there is a huge difference. So age is not necessarily the guarantor that you're, you have matured the way that God really wants you to mature. So what I need you to do, the first note I want you to write down, please write this down. I want you to focus on this keyword, and that's called pride. Make sure you write it down. Why, Pastor, you're going to start there if we're going to deal with the second portion or stage two? Because pride both Old and New Testament, is something that causes a person to be, at least in their minds, larger than they really are. The apostles in Christ, they reference pride to uh, cooking bread. And when bread has a certain ingredient in it, it swells. But if bread doesn't have the ingredient in it, there is no swelling. And again, I wish I had time to show you the, uh, the symbolism, even the Old Testament, when God called his people out of Egypt or out of sin to say, look, I'm bringing you out. I'm going to bring deliverance to you. I know you're going to be hungry along the way. I want you to make some bread, but don't take time to let the bread swell. Just eat the bread flat the way it is. It was symbolism in the sense that what he was saying was, Bread that swells is filled with yourself, pride. It looks pretty, it sounds pretty, but it's not necessarily good for you. Well, the same thing is true as it relates to where I'm giving you this base, and that is pride. Most individuals don't realize that when you leave the infant stage, one of the things that would dominate your mindset, your, your landscape, your mental landscape more than anything is pride. Because pride makes you believe in something that may not even be true. If you're old, older, let's say at least 27 years and, uh, and up, let me just start right there. You can look back over your life, even when you're a teenager, and you thought you were invincible. You thought that no matter what you did, it really didn't matter. It would blow off the next day. When you reach a certain age, you realize that's not necessarily true. I gave the example last week. When you're a child, you can eat whatever it is that you really want to eat. But the reality of it is, you can't eat that way when you become an adult. Touch someone sitting next to you and say, I can see that result. No, don't do that. I don't, 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 don't do that. But we can see the result of it <laughs> because 
what you were able to get away with as a teenager, you're not able to get away with it any longer. Now you got to watch what you do. You got to watch what you put in you because you're not burning it up the way you used to. I'll go a little further and a little faster. There are decisions that you made as a teenager that when you're an adult, you don't make those same decisions. I've, I've been open and transparent. I've told you this story a million times. It's, a, it's just a true story. When I was 14, 15, 16 years of age, my, my first cousins that were 10 to 12 years older than me, I always, especially when, if I saw one piece of gray hair anywhere on their body, I would assume that in my 16-year-old mind, they were old and they didn't know anything. And I had no problem. I know it's hard for many of you to believe I thought like this. Don't you say man in here. I'll come down to your role. I, used, I really believed I could figure out anything that there was to figure out. I was just that cocky, arrogant, and ignorant. I didn't know the ignorance was there. I just thought I had wisdom, and I could just figure it out. And I would look at them that were older than me. They had young families, and I would say to them at 16, hey, if I were you, I would never do such and such. And they would look at me and say, boy, you don't know anything. I say, I ain't a boy. I'm a real man. <laughs> How many remember being a teenager thinking you knew everything? Come on, lean over and give someone a high five and say, you must be talking to you and I. Because, boy, that sounds just like some of us here. The reason that I thought that way, I was filled with pride. I didn't know that it was pride, but pride would make you think more of yourself than you should think. See, that's the whole concept of something being swollen when, when, you, when you're filled with pride. How many young men did I, do I have here that, that you thought you could beat older guys up when you were? Come on. I'm not talking about if you were bullied. I'm talking about you just thought you lifted a few weights, you could get a few push-ups, I could take them out. <laughs> because pride will make you believe something that just may not be true at all. I thought if they were old, they had a little extra weight around the waist. If I could just, you know, do my thing, they come down. I didn't know that that's not necessarily the truth. As George Foreman. He knocked young men out. See, pride makes you think of stuff that you wouldn't in a rational state think of. So can we start right there? Everyone got the pride piece? All right, let's go back to the scripture. I, I want to take us here on a little journey. I really believe this is going to help so many of you here. And so let, let's, go, let's go back to the scripture uh, one more time. Note how... This wise man starts out speaking. Go back to verse 1, please. Note what he says. I said to myself. Can I pause right there? Whenever you start understanding stage 2, if you are a person that has to say things to yourself, you are considered a child. Here was an adult male, wisdom, and in his latter years proved it, that he was operating in something because he kept coming to one point. He kept thinking and saying to himself, life is meaningless. This is all vanity. He was thinking a certain way. Note how he does. Go back again. He said, I said to myself, and note how he begins here. 
Come on, let's try pleasure. Let's look for some good things in life, but I found that this too was meaningless or vanity. So I said, laughter is silly. What good does it seek uh, to seek pleasure? After much thought, I, there it is again, I decided to cheer myself up with wine. Oh God, I better stop right there. A lot of you that struggle with addictions, you are in stage two of your life. Please take a moment in your journal if you are, I don't care what that addiction is, addiction is a sign that you are in stage two. You are a spiritual child. Why? Because mature believers won't operate like this. I'll prove it when I get there. Boy, I can tell when the hammer is hidden, the nail. Some of you all are as quiet as a church mouse. Some of you all are sitting hoping that I stop looking in your direction. So do me a favor. Touch someone on the knee and say, he's not looking at me. He's looking at you. I know. I know he's not looking at me. They assumed, he assumed that I'm going to get pleasure. Therefore, I'm going to drink or have an addiction the way I want to have an addiction. <laughs> I wish you could see some of your faces. Y'all don't know to chew right now, to swallow. You don't know what to go here. I'm going to help you in just a moment. So uh, Solomon came to something here. He said, look, I've been trying a whole lot of stuff in life. And one of the things I've tried to do, and let me just get rid of the word wine. And, and let me just move a little bit away from even the word addiction. I, I do want to use this word and I'm going to take it. And I believe I can do this and keep it in proper context here. Let me put it to you this way. Anything that you have to have is a stage two indicator in your life. Please take a moment and write down in your journals, if I have to have something in order for my life to go a certain way, I am in stage two of my life have to have that man. Mm-hmm. I have to have that woman right there. Lord, have mercy. Yes, Jesus. When it is an addiction, <laughs> I better make this clear because some of y'all don't know, you don't know what to do right now. Would y'all let go of your journals for just a moment? Come on, put them on your knee. I got to help some of y'all because so I could, I, I wish some of you darker hue people, y'all are turning red in here. Some of you that can't hide it like myself, you all can see the color going on here. Let, put that journal down for just a moment. Come on, this is what I want you to do. Lock arms with the person next to you. And tell, come on, look at, first look to your left, whatever your left is, look to your left and tell them you and I, we are in the right place at the right time. All right, keep that arm, but look on the right. Tell them you too. Say so you and I, we are in the right place at the right time. All right, you can let it go right now and put your hands together. Give the Lord a hand clap here. Anything that you must have that you cannot function with. Can I make it a little more plain? Do you all know why I always bring you into fasting and prayer in this place? It's to break you from you. A sign of maturity is when you can get up in the morning and you can operate without coffee. Some of you all hate when I call those fasts. Oh, Lord, I hope he don't call coffee out. <laughs> 
I, I, I hope you don't call fried food out. I, don't, I can't eat if I can't have it. I'm in Ecclesiastics too, talking to you. Anything that you must have to live is a sign that you're in stage two and you're still a spiritual child. Because a child has to have something in order to make his or her life go right. So anything that you must have, this is why I moved away from relationship. You can make it about food, whatever it is that you must have. I, let me play a game here just with you for just a moment. I wonder how many of us, let me just stay with the food because we all have that in common. All of us, I'm a foodie. I love to eat. If you don't, God bless you. I could do some cuisine every day of my life. And that's why even in fasting for people like myself, there's always a sacrifice because there's always something that I like doing. But I, I've learned something. I learned that when a person, oh God, this is going to hurt some of your feelings. God bless you and God bless you and God bless you. When I call fasting here and you have to find substitutes to get as close as you can to what you are accustomed I'm coming over here. You, you all point your hands over here and say, uh-uh, y'all ain't working. You can't have this, so you get as close to it as you can with that. You are Audrey. Oh, I'm sorry. Audrey turned all of us out about eight years ago. What was it, eight, nine years ago, Audrey? It was a long time ago. I put, if you were not here, I put the church on a fast, and we were just doing 21 days of fruits and vegetables. And we had something else, didn't we, Audrey? No salt. No, not. <laughs> Gary said, look, Gary got upset. Gary's like, no, nothing. She got, she still got an attitude over it. She remembered that thing 20 years ago. But Audrey hooked all of us up. Audrey found a little West Indian place that they, because I had y'all off of meat. And Audrey found this place that made soy tastes like chicken, jerk chicken, plantanos. I mean, she had it. Bastillon, I mean, she had this thing working. And I had, the whole church was following Audrey. <laughs> because nobody, <laughs> nobody wanted to do now, I, I don't mean to, you know, hurt anyone's feelings when I say this, but so many of us were losing 20 and 30 pounds in 21 days. I had people coming here, you would have thought, I need that boy on drugs. Face was sunk in, eyes were looking a certain kind of way because we were working this thing. But others, she don't mind me picking on her. Others were looking for an escape route. Because satisfying themselves was more important than maturing to another level. So watch this. I, I, <laughs> Andrea, are you here? She's not here? All right. Her my daughter a couple weeks ago. When I, what was it? Back in January. Called the fans. She marched up here. Let me tell you what y'all, you, let me tell y'all behind the scene what y'all didn't know about that. What that was really about, her and my daughter were sitting up in here texting. Why is he, why, why won't my father put everybody on the fast that we grew up with? 
We, we couldn't have salt. We couldn't have meat. We couldn't have this. And so she became, Andrea became the fall person. And what I learned was my daughter said, why don't you go say something? You're one of the leaders. <laughs> so when my daughter is in here next week, you all remind her and her husband that I know the, I know the behind the scenes now. And so what happened was, she marched up here, uh, Pastor, I believe that we should, and whatever she said, and I just, me and Elder were just looking at each other. I'm like, what is she doing? And it came to me, she's hurt. She's hurt because I, you all that are new in the Lord, you all are not, look, Shanae still got an attitude. Y'all can't hear. She said, that's right. Because there is still a resist. Now, see, she, I, she put herself out there. Oh, that's your wife, but I got to use her right now. See, she's still upset that everybody is not getting fairness in their mind. Did y'all catch that? Please write this down. A child always looks for fairness. I'm going to let that soak in. I'm talking to every adult here. If you are a believer and you're still looking for equity, you're, you're looking for equality. You look, I, if, if I did it, why can't they do it? That is stage two. If you, oh Lord, I got some guilty folk in this house. You don't talk to me that way and don't expect me to talk back to you. Stage. You let them get away with it and I can't get away with it. Stage. On your job. I wish I was bowling. <laughs> I didn't get the promotion. And they got a promotion. I do more work than they do. Stage. Well, but that ain't right, Pastor. Well, wait a minute. See, a mature person would know the word. The word says that promotion don't come from the east and or from the west. But promotion comes from God. So if you are overlooked, don't worry about it. God's got your back. And if you just mature, that person that got the promotion, may get, <laughs> they may get a promotion to get fired. Because they didn't really need that department in the first place. And had you got it, you couldn't see that far. You'd have lost your job, still complaining, in stage two. I better stay here for a moment. I know preachers in the church and ministers in the church. And I've been in this church for years, Pastor Shines. And I still don't have a position in this church. I believe that God has called me to do some good things. And you, sir, are holding me back. Stage two. I'm going to a church where they're going to respect my anointing. Hallelujah. I'm not going to sit in there. When I came to the ministry, I was already credentialed. I was known around the world. And I come here. I know the Lord led me. But now I'm just sitting. How long am I going to sit? Everyone else is working. They don't do a good job anyway. 
If I was Sister Ethel, I wouldn't have just bought a hundred some flowers. I would have bought 150. That proves that Ethel was in the wrong place. But had I been in the place, I would have been able to figure this thing out. Elder G's a good musician, but I took piano lessons when I was a kid. And if I were ever able to flourish, Sister Karen's a good administrator, but not really. And if I was helping you administrate, I could get this thing really in order here. Stage two. Look at your neighbor and say, stage two, stage two. See, most of us are in stage two and don't recognize that we're in stage two. We're in stage two because we're not doing what God has called us to do, and that's maturing. We still have certain addictions that are hurting us, and they're hurting us not because God is keeping us here. It's just that it's incumbent upon you and I to grow up. Please write this in your journal. Growing up is my responsibility. And I'll give you some scriptures, but this is going to take a minute to do so. Because I really do need you to get this. I, I just, if I cruise through this, you're going to miss what stage you're in. And so many of us don't really get it. Go back to the word here. Again, he even came to, he said, after much thought, I decided to cheer myself up with wine. I wasn't going to wait to get drunk with anybody. I'm going to go get my groove on by myself. <laughs> he said, this is what I'm going to do. And, and this is what he did. He says, and while seeking wisdom... That means, hear me, you young men in here that still think it's okay to smoke blunts. When you see, see you older people, y'all are looking at me. I can't believe he's saying that. Be the pastor and you can see what's going on and you'll understand why I'm saying what I'm saying. If you're sitting around getting high smoking a joint, look at what the scripture says, thinking you're wise. You're not getting anything but the munchies. Because <laughs> when you're sitting around smoking, you're blunt. You think you're in deep mode. Jeez. You know, I was thinking we could get together and create a dynasty. You be the king, I be the prince. Pass the joint. You think it? Yeah, I see it. God, Jesus, this is strong. You smoke your brains out your head. If God wanted you to smoke, he'd have put a chimney on top of your head. Let some of that air out. You killing your brain cells thinking you're wise and thinking you're spiritual at the same time but see the bible don't say the bible says all the herbs in the earth are good then why don't you smoke some poison ivy it's a weed If it ain't helping you, it's helping your children. Because you have no idea what this generation is going through. I, I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about Christians. 
Christians that are smoke. Listen, I, I do things nationally, people. And I'm connected to groups. I'm on boards that impact nation stuff. And I'm telling you, I look at some of my friends and some of my leaders that are out in Colorado. What you all don't hear about all this legal marijuana stuff is that children are, are consuming this stuff now in their candies. And it's, it's destroying them. There's a certain chemical compound that's now in marijuana that's going to make a lot of these kids, they won't be able to produce children, is going to have mental side effects, is opening them up to schizophrenia, and there's a whole lot of damnable things that are going on. Am I right, Charles? Charles in the medical thing, he knows what I'm talking about. And it's destroying the minds, and yet the church is silent because we're in stage two. And we don't want to talk about it. I have people in here right now prefer me never to deal with certain issues because it makes them uncomfortable. You know, when you're uncomfortable is when you have to face something that you've been a part of that you really don't want to be reminded that you were a part of it. Can I, can I say that again? Often when people, I don't care who you are, what your title may be, if I can say something that gets on your nerves over and over again, you're still in stage two in that area of your life. Because if you know that you were part of a problem that created a bigger problem, but you don't like because it reminds you of you were part of that problem, you're, you're still operating in stage two. That's not how mature people operate. See, real mature people operate out of Romans 8 and 1. Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to me because I'm no longer what I used to be, but I am what I am right now. And I can't help whatever bad decision I may have made X amount of weeks, months, years ago, whatever it is, but I'm not operating like a little child always remembering what I did and what I did not do. I cannot change what had happened back then. I may have said the wrong thing to you. I may have cursed you out. I may have shot your dog. I don't know what I may have done, but whatever I am, I'm not that anymore. And every time I see you, you can talk about it as long as you want. It's never going to bother me. Why? Because that's not who I am anymore. Now, if you want to take the time and remind me of what I used to do, you go right ahead. As a matter of fact, make me a sandwich without the bread. Of course, I'll eat it on lettuce. I'm still doing plant paradox, and I'll just enjoy myself. But if you want to always remind someone of where they've been, and it bothers you to hear what you used to be, you're still still in stage two. Give someone a high five and tell them you better let go and grow up. Come on. He said, after much thought, I think I have a lot of wine and while seeking wisdom, I clutched a foolishness. He said, in this way, I tried to experience the only happiness most people find during their life, during their brief life in this world. In other words, he said, I tried to find it one way, but look at what the rest of the scripture says. Verse number four. He said, I also tried to find me, uh, meaning by building huge homes for myself and planting beautiful vineyards. He said, I made gardens and parks, filling them with kinds of, all kinds of fruit trees. I even built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my many flourishing groves. He said, and I also hired. Now, I need to just burst the bubble for all of you black nationalists in here. When the scripture uses the word slave, get this mess out of your mind. Real Hebrew language had nothing to do with what you and I think of slavery. It had everything to do with employers and employees. Anybody that worked for someone was considered that person's slave. So don't let Lewis Farrakhan with all that dumb language fill your mind with stupidity. I wish he would have debated me when I wanted to debate him out of cleaned his clock. 
They had a schedule for that show to be on six stations and I'd have ran up one side of them and down another with all that crazy Islamic stuff. Slaves have nothing to do with something that happened to some of your ancestors over 400 years ago. In the scripture, this was just about employees and employers. As a matter of fact, if you go back and read even the, Levit the Levitical order, we are commanded as believers not to be the behind, but to be the ones that are in head. We're not to be those that borrow, but we're to be those that lend. Guess what? It's the same word. Employee, employee, say. So what it means now didn't mean then. Don't let nobody. We even had it in the New Testament. Same verb in the Hebrew. No difference. That's the free part. Won't cost you anything. So let me go a little further here. I just thought I'd drop it on you just real quick. Here's the reality, people. Solomon had come to the point. He said, look, I, I, I begin to try to find meaning even in building my life. He said, I begin to build mansions. He said, I even built, I, I had a flourishing garden. If you've never seen a real garden, you probably need to go to places in California and other places that have real groves. Uh, I've seen some places in Europe that are just breathtaking. You could just sit out there for hours at a time and looking at how well manicured these groves are. I've never seen anything so beautiful in all of my life. So Solomon said, I even did that. He said, not only my, were my homes fantastic, he said, I had workers everywhere. He says, but I found out something about it. I was still in stage two. Let me help you. If your only goal, look at pastor, look at pastor, look at pastor. If your only goal is to get rich, please write this down in your journal. You're still in stage two. Because Solomon said this, he said, I did all these things. He said, but it was vain. It, it, it had no purpose. It, it had no meaning. There's a saying that I often use in this ministry. Only what you do for Christ is going to last. He was building himself. Let me pause. There's nothing wrong with having stuff. Jesus is the one who said it. As a matter of fact, let me tell you exactly Jesus' words. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And what he wants. And he said, all those things, your homes, your businesses. He says, I'll bless you beyond your imagination. As a matter of fact, if you read the gospels, Jesus went on to say, he said, only people that don't know him seek him for that stuff. In other words, there are groups of people that are praying to God for stuff. God calls them heathen. So stage two is when it's all about what you're building for yourself if what you're doing is not building the kingdom of God you are in stage two please write that down I want to take you a little further here I want you to see this people because you need to be able to uh, in the words of James you need to be able to hold the word of the Lord up before you and in in the word use it as a mirror to see where you really are and if you can't <laughs> You're not able to read spiritually. He said, I also tried building these. Again, go back to verse number four. He said, I also tried finding meaning and building huge homes for myself. And by planting beautiful vineyards, I, I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my many flourishing groves. I bought uh, slaves, both men and women, and others were born into my household. He had people working for him forever and forever. He said, I also own large herds and flocks. I had the baddest car in the neighborhood. That's what he's saying. 
Come on, go back to it. More than any other kings who lived in Jerusalem before me, he said, not ever had Jerusalem seen such splendor until they looked upon what I have. Can I, can I help some of you grow up here? If what you're doing is to make other people feel that you are superior and they are inferior. Come on, only God can really deal with your heart. The Bible says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, even piercing asunder of soul and spirit. And it is a discerner of your thoughts. When you are really growing up in the Lord, God will deal with you why you want the things that you really want. Some of us want things and don't even realize why we really want them. Some of us want things because we're still trying to prove who we really are through stuff. Stuff will never make you prove anything other than you have more than what somebody else don't have. That is not a sign of maturity. That's a sign of a child. And if, if your motivation is to make folk angry, they treated you wrong, I'm going to show them. When I get my next car, I'm going to drive up to their job. I'm going to drive up to their, oh, 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 you don't dump me for her you dump me for him when I get the next one in I'm gonna flash I'm gonna bling and I'm gonna show you look at what you missed mm -hmm. you could have had all of this you are still acting like a child touch your neighbor on the shoulder and tell him it's time to grow up some of you all don't even recognize that God let you out of the relationship you were in because you were gonna lose your mind had you stayed in it I know that don't preach very well especially for people that are walking in stage two. See, a stage two person would say, wait a minute, I've been with my mate for the last 60 years and you've been mad as a, oh God help me in this place. You've been mad up in this place. You mad the day you wake up, the moment you go to bed, you can't stand looking at them, but you still boast. I've been together for 50 years and it's been 50 years of hell. And then you look at somebody else that had enough sense to go, you know what? You done beat me the last time. You done dogged me the last time. And the Bible gives me a proviso way out. I'm glad that I'm out of that madness. And some of you are still holding on because you are still in stage two. And what's really going on, you hate that somebody else has grown up and you stayed for 50 years being dogged out and you mad at the next generation that they ain't putting up with it anymore but I dare you to look over and give someone a high five and tell them I know I'm in the right place this morning you sitting around crying and God is saying wait a minute what I'm about to bless you with is going to blow your mind <laughs> I got some immature people here this morning, boy, they mad that I'm preaching this. Now, that doesn't give any of you carte blanche to go out after service and seek the counsel of the legal attorney here saying, I got to get out of this. If you have no biblical cause, keep your hips in it, pray it. That's what you said you wanted. Stay in it. And deal with it. Yeah, but he done put on weight. You too. She ain't as fine as she used to be. You ain't either. Everything used to be nice and perky, and it's all falling down. Well, London bridges fall down, honey. But you got to move beyond that stuff because life is not... Life is not built on the outside of anything. You can have the most finest thing in the world, but if it's hell, Jesus, let me take some of y'all down memory lane. 
Y'all have been in places before where somebody just rang your bell. But then you look back over life and go, oh, God, thank you, Jesus. Do I have any, oh, God, thank you, Jesus folk in here? <laughs> oh, God, have mercy. Some of y'all still rejoicing. <laughs> y'all rejoicing because you got. <laughs> Come on, let's, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, I'm not touching this. Come on, let's go, let's go. Let's go back to the word. <laughs> All right, come on. Go to verse number eight. Let's go to verse number eight, please. He says, I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasures of many kings and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women, and I had many beautiful concubines. I'm paused. Still pausing. Still pausing. Jesus. I'll leave, that, I'll leave that for my adult class only. Come on, let's go to the word. I had everything a man could desire. So I became, I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed me. Anything I wanted. He said, I'd take it. <laughs> I, des I, desire, I denied myself anything that made me feel good. I did it. I'm just saying what the man said. Can we pause here for just a moment? Can, can y'all ha handle some adult stuff here? People, do you all realize that Jesus said this was one of the wisest men in Jerusalem that had ever lived on earth? When we hear the name Solomon today, the first thing we think of is wisdom. You go and take a class in school, even if it's a secular school, even in college. And I can tell you, they still use Solomon as, as the benchmark as it relates to what wisdom was about. This man was considered even by Jesus. Jesus said, I'm only quoting what Jesus said. Jesus said, outside of Solomon, there's nobody wiser than that man. And yet we're reading something about this man that's astonishing when you read about him. Because we're seeing, and I, this is what I love about the Lord. I really love this. Because if I had to rely on some of you to be dishonest, I would never know what failure is about. Because you would make Jesus so high I could never reach him. Are you following this? But the Lord allows even this man's failures to be written. The Bible says that we can look at the examples of aforetime for the purpose that we won't make the same mistakes that they made. So sometimes a person goes through something that the Lord allows them to go through, not because they did anything. I know that's helping someone. Some of you have been trying to figure out why do I go through the things I go through. It's not because you've done anything wrong. Sometimes God allows you to go through something because you can handle it because you're mature. And, and then the next level of immature people can look at it and say, you know what? I better not ever make that mistake. I can look at him. I can look at her. And I can do it. So he said, anything that I ever wanted, he said, anything I desired, I just took whatever I wanted. He said, but I still came to the point that nothing under the heaven was worth anything other than God. 
He said, all of the stuff I could build, all the stuff I could have. Note how he concluded here. And I, I got to stop because I, I can't finish all this. He says, but again, go again one more time to verse number 11. He said, but as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless. He said, it was like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. But note the category that he put. Some of us don't realize what we have until you don't have it. I, I don't usually push a movie to watch for various reasons. Some of the language may be too hard for some people, and that's, you know, your prerogative. I live in a world people talk the way they talk. I don't have to talk the way they talk to make me any different. But there's a movie that I just fell in love with, and I've probably seen it 10 or 12 times. It's, it's called, and I, I'm glad that he did it. I know why he did it, but that's a whole other issue. I watched a movie once called The Book of Eli. And I thought about this scripture when I, when I read this, because I won't blow it for you if you've never seen it, but I'll tell you a hard part of it. He said, he was asked a question. How was it when you were coming up, Eli? And he said, we took everything for granted. He said, we had more than enough. And now people were in this era in which he was living in, they were killing each other over a book or over a little piece of shampoo or a little conditioner. A little, you know how you go and you eat and they give you those little wipes to wipe your hands down? They were killing each other. Those things had value. But see, when you're accustomed to having everything, you don't understand the value. Let me help some of you in here right now. You better value what you have. If you, if you have someone that wants to fast and pray and you're so childlike that you don't want to fast and pray, keep being stupid. God will move you right on out the way and send someone right on in their lives that's going to appreciate to love them. If you always get an attitude, you walk around pouting, you're still a child. You're not growing up because you react based on your emotions and you don't act based on the word of the Lord. I got to bring conclusion when I say this here because I always have to bring myself into this scenario. I have had leaders throughout this nation who always ask me the same thing or make the same statement. Man, I can't do what you do. We, we, and they'll, they'll give me the kudos. They'll celebrate me. Oh, you're doing a good job. Oh, when I saw you, I, I got to be very careful how I give you this information right here because others hear this city, CD and I'm not trying to put anyone out there. But I had uh, a couple guys from one of the largest Pentecostal reformations in the world to call me in the last two weeks. Had my personal number and they called. And I've known some of these men for years. I used to preach for them all the time in the heyday of me being an itinerant minister. And they saw an interview that I did. I'm not going to tell you where. I'm just throwing it out there. Because then y'all be figuring the rest of it out. <laughs> and I'm trying to tell a story without y'all being Dick Tracy and Sherlock Holmes in here. <laughs> y'all, I know what organization he's talking about. <laughs> you don't know nothing. And if you do, God help you, not tell it. And they said to me, thank you for standing up and taking a position. And one of the other leaders called and said, I don't know how you do what you do. I called him back. I said, what do you mean? He said, man, you take a lot of heat for it. How's your church dealing with it? I said, dealing with it. I already, 
Have you ever known the answer for something, but you asked a question anyway? Well, I'm not a child. Jesus did the same thing. Jesus, how many know Jesus knew the answer, yet he would always ask the question? Who do men say that I am? How many know Jesus already know what men said that he was? <laughs> the, the, the Pharisees would come to Jesus and say, hey, what about your disciples? Why, why don't you do this and that? And Jesus said, well, let me ask you a question. And they would just shut them down. So when they call me, I do Jesus. <laughs> and I say to them, what do you mean? They said, well, you take a lot. You go national and you say things nationally. A lot of us are thinking, can I help some of you all in here? You may see the position as something glamorous. Let's talk. Close your Bible. I, I got to finish right here. See, maturing and not being a child, I can't worry about what they say. I have to do what God has given me to do. They said, well, how did some of your members do it? I said, I have some that hate me for doing it. Some that would tell me, stay on the track. Don't say this. Don't say that. I'm not getting involved with this. Or I'm not getting involved with that. That's because you're not in the position to do it. And so when I'm championing the cause, whether it's traditional marriage, whether it's against infanticide, whether it's against what the real, real behind the scenes issue is with the LGBTQ community, how they really hate God. This is against God, and most of us don't see it. We think this is about being tolerant. This has nothing to do with tolerance. See, when you grow up, you're no better than that. And it doesn't mean that we don't love people. It just simply means that I'm not going to take down this gospel to make you feel good. It ain't going to happen. A child... You know what a child would do in my case? I told one of them. I said, a child, and I was talking to him when I said it. I said, you know what it reminds me of? I said, I'm in a series right now. And I began to tell him about the series that we're in right now because I knew it was coming up. I said, I'm teaching about how children respond. Children don't take responsibility. They run in packs. Children are, and I'll get into more of this next week. Children is what I call the condition of groupthink. Y'all got to think alike. If you look a certain way, you better think a certain way. That's how children think. A child cannot think outside of the box because their messages are kind of almost ebb and flow with what's going on with everything else. In other words, they all feed off each other. One person throws a rock to break a window. The rest throw a rock to break a bent window. When Minister John and I were young coming up, he don't mind me telling this, when it was snow in Chicago, <laughs> we'd make snowballs. We were, we were of age, by the way. We were teenagers. And we would stand in a park while cars were going down a certain street. And we'd make literally a basket of hard, wet, thick snowballs. And we would stand there. I'm going to tell this when he comes here next time. We would get them, and we would launch them. And we were so good, they were like a Tom Brady moment that I don't want to talk about to none of you all because Jerry and I tried to tell y'all, but y'all wouldn't listen. I I'm sorry. How did that get in here? I tried to warn y'all that old man knew what he was doing, but no, y'all didn't listen. We gone with the Rams. Yeah, where did that get you? Anyway, Bobby, uh, we would take... And we would launch snowballs and they would hit the cars. 
See, children do things like that. We were teenage. You couldn't have told us we weren't grown, by the way, until one day we got chased. And they hopped over a fence. It's a very traumatic experience. <laughs> I, I still don't understand my best friend to this day why he did what he did. There was a group of bushes, and it was about 50 yards away. He ran and just ducked in the bushes. I'm trying to run home. E.T., come home. I hopped over a fence. I'm running down the alley, and they didn't chase him. I don't know why they didn't see him. It was like I had a big light follow me on my head or something. I don't know. And I'm running, and I could hear the guys making track. They was men, and they were out for blood. I don't know if we busted the window or not. I have no idea. And I'm not going back to pay it if I find out. <laughs> and I ran and I ran, hit a thing of water, went up, slammed, hit my, fell down real hard. I got up a little woozy, but I could hear them making track on me. And I got up and I kept running until I could get away. I made a vow that day that I'm not doing the snowball, snow, snow, I, that's over. <laughs> not because I'd enjoy it, I enjoyed it tremendously. It was immense fun to me to launch snowballs and watch them go over a fence 40, 30 yards away and drop and just pop cars and pop trucks and pop buses. Love the sound. Poof. It just, I don't know, it just felt good for some reason. But I didn't want to do it anymore because I thought I didn't want to get beat up by men that I can't fight back with. And I told him after that day, he went, I didn't even know where he was. We didn't have cell phones in that day. I got home, hid under bushes. I did a whole, I mean, I literally dug snow and put snow over me to hide because I didn't know how close they were to me. And I waited for a long time until I couldn't hear nobody moving anymore. And 10 minutes laying in ice snow, I was like, that's enough. And when he and I finally did talk, I went by his house later that night. We lived one block away, half a block away. I went and said, hey, man, come outside. I said, they get you? He said, no. I said, where'd you go? He said, in the bushes. I said, what bushes? I'm, I'm going somewhere with these people. He said, real, real close to where we were throwing the snowballs. I said, man, like if they had saw you. He said, but they didn't. He said, did they see you? I said, they chased me halfway home. How'd you get away? I said, I don't know. I said, but hey, bro. I ain't playing snowballs no more. And then I had the audacity to say, I'm a man. I said, I got to grow up like a man. I'm tired of acting like a kid. So I was trying to make him feel bad for what he was doing. He's older than me. He needed the responsibility. How many know I was still acting like a child? See, my motivation was right. But blaming someone else was wrong. Part of growing up, people is stopping the blame game. As you stand to your feet in this house, I want to challenge everyone. I'm not finished with the child, stage two, because there are several other components I'm going to get into stage two. I guarantee you it's going to challenge everything in you. How many really want to grow up and do what God has called them to do? Everyone look at pastor before we pray. Growing up and doing what the Lord calls you to do is sometimes very difficult work. And I'll prove it to you in scripture next week. It'll make you separate it. It will isolate you. It will do things that your body, your mind don't want to do. But part of growing up is realizing I can't play snowballs anymore. 
I mean, we can find a tree, but there's no fun in that, huh? But we have to do what God is calling us to do. I want to challenge every one of you here right now. I really believe that 2019, as I told you in 2018, would really be the cusp of our real breakthrough. And only those that are going to do what God has really called them to do is really going to get ahead here. Oh, I'm not talking about you can't get to heaven. That's not the point. But why go there without fulfilling a destiny and a purpose? We want purpose in our lives. There's nothing like realizing it's time to grow up. It's going to be uncomfortable. But touch someone and tell them, but we're going to get there together. Come on. Touch one more person tell them we'll get there together. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over the building. Would you say this with me? Father, forgive me of every sin, every transgression. I believe that over 2,000 years ago, Christ, you died. Three days later, you were resurrected. I believe the same blood that came from your body still has power to wash my sins away. Let your will be done and let your glory be revealed in my life. And I'll give your name all the honor and praise in Jesus' name. If you pray that prayer, put your hands together. We hope this message has been a blessing in your life. To hear more inspiring, transformative messages, visit glorytoglory.org and make sure you follow and like us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.